Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Krista Cavalieri. Krista, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Krista is a CFP. She's the owner and lead advisor at Evolve Capital. I'm excited to have you on. Krista, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. That's a lovely question. Um, so my personal life, I am a young 38 with mother of three. They're five and under, so we're super busy, um, which ties very much into what I do for a living, which is to help people, young professionals, young families get started in their financial lives. I'm very passionate about it because I'm right there with them. I know what their struggles are. I know how hard it is to have three kids. I know how finances are not necessarily at the top of everyone's mind. And at my old firms, you know, we always were very traditional looking for to gather a lot of assets. And we just kept saying to people, oh, if only you'd come to us, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we could have really helped you. But I thought, well, but we wouldn't have actually helped them. We would have said, oh, you're too young. You don't have enough money. <laughs> have a nice day. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I thought we have to help these people when it actually will make an impact for their lives which is what brought me to start Evolve Capital, and um, that's where we are today. Excellent. And that is kind of a funny thing that I don't think people think about or talk about all that often is, wait a minute, so I need to have amassed a large amount of money in order to do wealth management and financial planning? Aren't you supposed to help me to amass that amount of money in the first place? So yes. it's, kind of, it's kind of funny how that works. irony. <laughs> Oh, so I, I, I appreciate that very much. And it's such a, we live in such a dynamic world where there's so much available information. It seems like half the population, roughly speaking, is, I don't know if they're doing okay or not, but then the other half is, is maybe living paycheck to paycheck. And I saw on the site that, that your firm was born from the knowledge that you need advice. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, there is a lot, as you said, online, and I think it can be very confusing. And despite all the, the information that's out there, it is hard to put it together, and it's hard to put it together for you. So I have clients who are very empowered with knowledge when they come to me. They understand that there is something called a Roth, and there's something called an IRA, and they understand what fee only is in fiduciary, and it's fantastic. But putting all of that together, and what does it mean? What, if, what does fee only actually mean in relation to them, and what does how do they invest in a Roth? Like I got, there's still some information that inhibits them from getting it all in one spot in a way that's meaningful for them to be able to put it together. And so that is why I am very passionate about it. Cause you, even though you can find the advice, you still maybe need some translation. And I think that's a true across many industries, but when it comes to your money, you don't want to make, mistakes because you're just piecing it all together and there's absolutely no harm in asking for help that's what we're here for that's right um 
why do you think that people are, are, is it just a matter of I've got four kids or, you know, and I have zero free time. I, I don't have the headspace to be thinking about this stuff. Is, is that why people, I don't want to say resist advice, but don't get it. Or maybe they do resist it. I think there's a few things at play here. One of which is that young people, there's a mis, uh, there's highly a misconception in financial advising that young people are simple because we don't have a lot of one money, which is what everyone thinks that makes people complicated and that we're not old enough to have problems. But my clients, my average client age, I'm very proud to say is 37. So I know I've seen it across many clients now. It's complicated. They don't have a lot of time. Doesn't matter if they have kids, doesn't matter if they're not married. Everyone is busy. They're busy living life and enjoying life and just trying to, you know, have a good experience. And because of that, finances really don't play a huge role in their things that are important to them, which, you know, is obviously not the best, but we all know that it's affecting us, but it's not high on the list of priorities. And so there's that. And then there's also the, the keeping up with the Joneses. I think people are very afraid to admit where they are financially. They don't want to show any weakness because of social media and we just have such a strong oh, such strong pressures from the internet making us feel like we should be performing a certain way behaving a certain way having a certain lifestyle and I think that makes it even more difficult for younger people to admit like hey yeah I might be doing well but I have no idea if I'm actually doing the right things that I need to do and they are afraid to raise the white flag and ask for help so it's one a lack of time and two I think a little bit of fear to admit that they maybe don't know everything about what's going on with themselves financially. Yeah, I think that's certainly a very real thing and something that's been on my mind over the past, uh, you know, how, who, who, who knows how long, but it seems like it's been on my mind quite a bit lately, this idea of, of how it's so hard for us in, in, in today's world to, to admit weakness um, and to say that maybe we're not doing all the right stuff because we view on social media that everybody's life appears to be perfect. So I don't want to embarrass myself yes. or make myself vulnerable. Um, but of course, there's immense danger in just kind of sticking our head in the sand. And you talk about some of the, the challenges that we could run into if we don't actually put together a cohesive plan, if we just sort of piecemeal things. Yeah, well, so the very real danger is not having enough money to weather lots of storms. So everyone is always thinking about retirement. Will I have enough money to retire? But in the meantime, there are also many other things that people need to have some amount of cash withheld so that they can survive it. You know, you own a home, you need an emergency fund. And even if you don't own a home, you need an emergency fund because something very small, like a new set of tires can really set someone back financially. And we need to make sure that we're checking those boxes. It isn't just like, did you put all your money into your retirement? And every time you get a raise, are you making sure you're increasing your 401k contribution? There are other facets of financial lives that need to be addressed. And if you don't address them, you could, you know, credit card debt, for example, a lot of people have credit card debt. Some people will pay every extra dollar they have towards their credit card, which means that when, they've paid it all off, they don't have any cash, and then they have an emergency, then they need to put it on their credit card. It's very psychologically damaging because you've just accomplished a huge thing, but then you just needed to put it back on your credit card. So there's that. You you have that kind of thing where you hurt yourself emotionally. And it may seem so 
may not seem like it's very impactful, but you live it and it will be. And then, you know, there's also the fact that like, if you're only paying the minimum uh, amount due on your credit cards, because you don't have a plan in place on, for which debt to pay off first, you could pay those balances over 10, you know, 10 times over the actual amount that you originally owed. And so it isn't just not having enough to retire or maybe not having a plan for healthcare when you retire, because for us when we're young, that's not what we're thinking about. Like, yes, it's out there. Of course, like it's a pipe. It feels like a pipe dream because for many people, it's 30, 35 years off, but it's these other small things that you're making decisions on in your daily life that will affect your ability to succeed financially. And putting your head in the sand and ignoring it can start to snowball into a, a place where you may not want to be in the future. No doubt. I think there's so much great stuff there. I think that that the idea of of working so hard to pay off your credit cards but not having a cash reserve and then having an emergency and having to go back into credit card debt, um, I think that's incredibly emotionally damaging. And just from a momentum standpoint, you're building all this confidence and you're feeling good. And then it's like, oh, you know what? I just hit a wall and now I'm back to where I was before and probably not going to be quite as motivated to, to, to have the same behaviors that, that helped you get out of debt in the first place. So I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to just get your thoughts on on what kind of an emergency fund maybe people should should start with and then work towards. Yeah, that's always a big, big nugget. Because, um, you know, back in the day, uh, before I was even a financial advisor, the advice used to be three months, and then we had 2008, which many of my clients know happened, but weren't living the experience that 50-year-olds at the time were experiencing. So then they started to say, we as the group started to say six months, and that is a huge number. Like yeah. for some people, that can be thirty, forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. dollars the reality of which is you aren't going to need thirty to $40,000 unless you're laid off. You know, most people can't even envision a world where they're not working. So while I think it's good to at least have that goal, like one, because it puts you through the steps of saying to yourself, how much am I spending on a monthly basis? So it forces you to go through the budget so that you can say to yourself, wow, my number is 60 grand. That is huge. And you know, it's going to take you a long time to get there. I think that provides you with some framework, which is good to have, but to even just start setting aside like a hundred dollars a month, because you're more likely to have an incident that's medically related. And with the current situation with healthcare, a lot of people are in high deductible plans. So you need to maybe have some, at least enough away to cover that deductible, which can be like $2,500 to start. Or like I said before, to cover a set of tires or to cover a rental car if you're in an accident or if you own a home like if your heater goes out your or your water heater or your HVAC or I don't know all the words for that stuff but you know <laughs> those types of things those are your more likely emergencies and that's where you need to have at least a couple thousand dollars socked away somewhere so that you can get through that emergency without going through your credit card again yeah I think that's great advice right there and I don't know that I'd ever have really considered um, but that's, I guess, as I'm speaking, you think about if you do have a, a high deductible on your health insurance plan, that's where the HSA should be coming into play. So make sure that you're at least funding right. that or that you have an emergency fund that would meet the deductible. I think that that's a really good rule of thumb there for sure. So Absolutely. If, we're talking about, if we're talking about 30-year-olds, 
um, which I used to be a year ago. So it it it, it hasn't <laughs> been <laughs> it hasn't been that long or or thirty something anyway. Um, time time horizon uh, can be such a tricky thing because you're talking you know we're talking about kids and the down payment for a home and building up this emergency fund, but then also having to look long-term at retirement savings and, and oh my gosh, um, do you find that, that people are, are maybe able to, to take smaller bites by maybe breaking into time horizons? Does that help? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head with that. You need to take it one step at a time, one thing at a time, like and that's how I very much deal with my clients. Like they come to me and they have all these grandiose questions and ideas, but we kind of boil it all down into what is hurting you the most now? Like what's the most painful thing that we can address right now? Because we can't put $50 away into a Roth if we need $50 today to sort some other issue out. And so I think you, if you go into it knowing you're going to eventually address all the things that you want to address, you will eventually get to what do you do for a down payment for a home? But you need to sort of stop the bleeding in the other areas first. And those small things that you accomplish in the nearer term are also really good psychologically, as you alluded to earlier. You check some of those things off, you get some momentum, you start to feel better, and you start to realize, like, yeah, I can do this. I can get myself into a spot where I am going to, as I say on my website, conquer life. <laughs> and I think that that's great. There's certain things, and obviously everybody's situation is um, is unique. But there's certain things, and maybe not even for your clients, but just maybe society in general. Um, you say, you know, wait, what? I really wish that people would start doing more of this, or maybe I really wish that people would stop doing this. Yeah, I wish everyone would start budgeting by stopping spending money. No, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> yes. um, I am serious about the budgeting, though. But I. I'm not here to tell anyone what you should or shouldn't be spending on, but I am here to tell everyone you need to know where it's going because until you know where your money is going and you're at peace with where it's going, you're not going to make one step forward. Like I know that people want to, for some reason, real estate is something that lots of young people are like, I want to buy this and then I'm going to have this huge empire. And I'm like, fantastic. Where are you going to get $20 to start putting that the down payment together and they don't know because they don't know where their money is going and that is truly across all age groups across all income levels that is a real problem people have no idea where they're spending their money and I think the easiest way to figure it out is just head over to something like YNAB or mint.com data doesn't lie it's a beautiful thing like you just enter your stuff it's very, you know, quote unquote safe, of course, I have to have the air quotes for that. Um, <laughs> it just scrapes the data in, it comes in, you see it all and you're like, oh, wow, I spent $500 a month on dining out. Well, where do I even eat? Because I can't remember. And then it'll show you. And I, it is very telling. And I've never, ever had a client say to me, yeah, I knew that. No one has ever said that. Everyone's always like, wow, I had no idea. And I'm like, yeah. And that's why budgeting is like, no matter who you are, no one is too good for budgeting because it at least gives you the power to say, I know where I'm spending my money. That's right. Right. And it's not to your point. It's not, it's like, it's, it's, it's not a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. It's just now, you know, and now you can make decisions as yes. to whether or not it's good or bad. Yes, absolutely. Do you have a, uh, a favorite part of your work? 
Um, I love, most planners say this, I guess, I just love getting to know people and seeing what makes people click. And I, I love talking to people, hearing their stories. And it's very interesting to me, especially dealing with a younger demographic, how their money scripts really have affected who they are today. And I find it so interesting. And because of that, I, I am very passionate about trying to educate. You know, like I said, I have a, now a five-year-old as of last week. So I have been talking to her very actively about money in a way that I hope is relatable to her since she was about two. And she is pretty quick on it now. She knows. And without my even telling her, she's like, a bank is where you keep money. And whenever she gets money, she goes to her piggy bank. Because I see in my client base and other people I interact with it, the lack of conversation that happened with them with their parents when they were growing up or the conversations that were had, either one of those things has swayed them in a certain manner that is affecting them into adulthood. Pretty, It's pretty impactful to what it's doing to them. And I want to try and help if we can nip this sucker in the bud at an early age, then maybe we'll be in a situation where not half of America is living paycheck to paycheck. Amen. I appreciate that very much. And, you know, it's got to be that every little bit's going to help. So, Well, Krista, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I have to start early and don't be afraid to ask for help. You need to stop putting it off, telling yourself that you're going to get to it later. When you're young, you're absolutely in the best position to get ahead because of a little friend that we know called time. And every year that goes by is opportunity lost. So you need to stop wondering how you're doing. Stop being afraid to ask for help because it, there's no shame in that. And get a financial planner, a fee-only financial planner, and find out how you're doing. I think that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Come on. Krista, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, I'm all over the internet. I am on my evolvecap.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and of course, Instagram, which is actually my favorite place to stop by. And I have a, I forgot, I have a blog on YouTube. You can get me there. I have blogs that come out every other week that I try to keep to under 90 seconds and hopefully are useful. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Krista your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow her on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and the website is evolvecap.com. Yep. Thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Krista. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on